Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. I'm Kim Thompson-Pinder, the extraordinary word ninja and founder of RTI Publishing, where we work with you to ghostwrite and publish your signature book that will double your business by attracting clientele and position you as the go-to expert in your niche. Next, we will show you how to use your book to make lead generation and conversion a snap while building an audience. My guests include professionals, entrepreneurs, and coaches who use their skills to build people powerfully. They will share their story and powerful tips that will help you live better. They will also share their writing journey and how it has impacted their life and the lives of their readers. If you've ever wondered if writing a book makes a difference, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast, and today... I have my wonderful, beautiful, fantastic, amazing best friend, and we won't tell you how many years, co-host of the podcast and the book project manager, and I like to call her keeper of the calendar for RTI Publishing, Juanita Wittenratko. Welcome, my friend. Thank you, Kim. Great to be here, as always. <laughs> We were just joking before uh, we hit the record button here on Zoom uh, that we usually both wear our hair down. We never wear our hair up for these podcast calls. And we both get on this morning and start laughing because we both put our hair up. Didn't even talk to each other about it. So that's when you know you're really good friends, when you do the same hairstyle and you don't even realize it. So today, we're going to be talking about how to end the year strong. I think this is a really important topic because by the time you kind of hit, you know, mid-November, and I don't know about you, especially this year, this year has been one of the weirdest, wildest changes, you know, with COVID that I've, I've ever seen in a year. Absolutely. I think that this year, none of us have ever experienced something similar to this to be able to draw on resources of, oh yeah, this is like the time when I was doing X, when, when I was working really hard because I was doing that training course or the time that I got sick or the time that you don't have a frame of reference for this new, new way of doing things and moving in the world. So... I think that's legitimate to acknowledge that we're traveling new ground and we're laying new paths. The only thing I could think of, and it doesn't even hint at coming close, was the time when I was a child and there was a train derailment in Mississauga and I lived in Toronto and we had to change everything around. Now, thankfully, we were just enough into Etobicoke that we weren't evacuated, but a lot of our family was. And so we had a lot of family come stay with us for like a week, week and a half. So everything kind of got thrown, right? But even that, you know, that was just a short period of time. I think they were with us about, you know, a few days. I think we decided to make it a week just to spend time together as a family. You know, then things cleared. They went back home again. And I remember like trying to adjust. But this year has, I feel like I'm constantly adjusting on the fly with no preparation, and, like, and I think foraging is, is a good word because I feel like I'm, I'm trying to search. You know, like something gets thrown at me and I all of a sudden now I've got to search for this answer. I've got to, you know, cut through all the, the weeds to kind of yeah. find the good stuff to keep navigating my way through. 
Yeah, we're, we're having to develop new tools on the fly. We get new complications thrown at us and new technologies <laughs> added to our task list. And so oftentimes some of the, the challenge becomes you have to be training as well as performing and trying to keep going. So it's, it's like flying a plane while you're building the engine at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like even most years, you know, you kind of hit that mid to end of November and it's kind of like beginning of December and you're like, ah, it's time to slow down. Christmas is coming. But today I want to talk about the fact that you can't do that. It hinders your business greatly if, you, if you've slowed down enough that you lose any momentum that you've gained. I mean, this was a year of adjustment, and so maybe you didn't gain a lot of momentum in 2020, but you don't want to lose what you had either. I was talking to our client, uh, John Cronemeyer, and he was on the show a while back, so if you go back through, you can see uh, his episode. But one of the things we were talking about, and I had remembered that he had said on his podcast, was the fact that uh, what you do now will produce your business in 90 days. So you always have to be preparing for the 90 days ahead. So right now, this is being shown in November, but we actually recorded this in October, mid-October. We're time travelers. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, even if you think 90 days from now, you know, November, December, January, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if you're listening this November, February, what you do now matters later. And if you lose momentum now, you're going to have to take the first three months of 2021 just to gain back what you have now, if you slow down. Kim, I wish I had heard that when I had my shop right in the beginning. Because of the nature of the product I sold, my best time of year was from September to December, and then January could be good. And then I knew, (laughs) I knew the pattern of, February was when things took a sharp nosedive, but to hear, oh, if I plant seeds in November, I'll have the growth in February, that would have been really helpful. And it's not to say that I didn't do some of that, but because my focus was so much on the go, go, go of get the sales in for Christmas in November, I didn't have the bandwidth to start adding things. Whereas back in August, If I had been preparing for November in August and also maybe written myself a rough outline for, okay, knowing in August that in November I will need to have an idea for February, well, the keeper of the calendar knows how to (laughs) to do that. So it's one of those, I could have had a V8 moment for me. Like that, that's just amazing. And so that also is exciting because that justifies getting another agenda. I find that the um, single sheet monthly calendar that you can get, I I prefer the one from Outlook, but I'm sure that Google Calendar could give me the same thing because I just want an empty calendar, a single page where I can write in pencil and throw things in and it can be super ugly. At this point, we're just placing, it's like, I'm going to use your garden metaphor, use a piece of paper that, It's okay if it's not beautiful. You're just figuring out where the seeds are going to be planted and looking ahead. You might 
figure in, well, okay, here's the, um, here's the Christmas break layout. Some people might have teenagers in high school and in our area, one of the things to factor in is these quad mesters. So being able to say, just block off the time where realistically, you know, okay, I'm going to have to be having extra plans because I have other people in the house or I know that this happens in February. I need to be prepared for tax season and have things in a row well in advance, that kind of stuff. You can throw in the calendar now and at least shade out the days when you know that you don't have the energy or the time and then you can start planting your seeds and go, these are the weeks where I will definitely need to see my income go up. It's a really good point. I'm, I just found I'm not really a calendar person. Maybe one of these days I'll take a picture of the wall in front of me because I am a post-it note person. Oh, and yeah. even though I don't have the calendar, uh, my wall's getting pretty full of post-it notes with plans and things and what I'm going to do when and so, you know, it doesn't always have to be Send a calendar. Send me a picture of that, and I will plug them into a calendar, and it will make it feel great. And then I'll send you the calendar, and then we'll both be happy. I mean, you think you're not a calendar person? Good. I wouldn't have a job if you were a calendar person. <laughs> well, this is so true. This is why you're the keeper of the calendar. But I am still working on a planner nickname for you. So we're, we're going to come up with something really good. So, you know, when you look at your next year and you really should be planning for 2021 right now you and I right now are already discussing things for 2021 I'm thinking about 2021 and you know what is that going to look like what do what things do I need to implement uh, in the business you know so that we can continue to grow but I've mentioned on the podcast before 2019 was a rough year and you know when I came out of 2019 I knew I had to change things and so I spent the first three months of 2020 uh, really focusing on putting systems in, uh, bringing in consistent sales, building my network, making connections, working on my core messaging, make it solid, make it stronger. I did all those things in the first three months. And it's not that I didn't get sales in those first three months because I did. But it wasn't growing the way I wanted it to, but I knew it wouldn't because I knew I had to invest those 90 days. I knew I had to take those 90 days and just, you know, really, really, because things had, things had really come to a halt by the end of 2019. And I was at a point physically where I just needed to take a break. So I did. And I mean, that's the point too. Yes, sometimes, sometimes you need to take that break. Sometimes you have no choice but to stop because, you know, your health is important. Your family is important. But if you're just slowing down because you're kind of like, ah, well, I don't really want to and the whatever's. Okay, that's, you know, that's when you need to keep planting those seeds. But the first three months of 2020 was focused and I had a game plan. And when COVID hit in March, a really funny thing happened because I had spent those three months planting those seeds. Everybody else's business started shut down, mine exploded. And you see, this is what happens sometimes too. If you don't keep that consistent action throughout the year, and I'm not talking about taking, you know, a week, 10 days, even two weeks off at Christmas. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? But I'm talking about, you know, when you kind of already hit mid-November and you're already slowing down, 
you know? Things to slow down with, oh yeah, people aren't going to be thinking about my business right now. So I probably won't. See, I used to fall into this trap in August. Nobody is thinking about, about buying a sewing machine in August because they are out on their boats or they're gardening. And you could probably list a number of reasons that people would not want to come to your business. Friends, do not do that. Think of reasons to bring them in or get yourself out there. Yes. That's a poverty mindset. And, and you really need to shake that. But March hit and all of a sudden, because I had spent 90 days planting seeds, building, everything exploded for us when COVID hit. It was going to explode anyway. It was getting ready. I knew it was coming, but it just really exploded. So, you know, don't stop your actions now. You know, mid-November right through till, you know, mid-December, December 20th. And part two of this episode, we're going to talk about all of the actions that you can take. Um, this is going to be a two-parter. But you want to end that year strong so that you go into 2020. Because what happens is this. You start slowing down around mid-November. You know, by Christmas, you're pretty well completely stopped. January hits and it's winter and it's blah and it's, uh, well, you got out of the habit of doing stuff. So it's very hard to get back in the habit of doing stuff. So by the time you finally get motivated and moving, you're now mid-end January. And, and you've you, lost a lot of momentum there. Yeah, well, you've lost almost two months of momentum and well, people I, don't I think about say, it. If you're slowing down by mid-November, that, you know, we're talking six weeks of negative growth, as they say. <laughs> exactly. For this podcast, what I want to talk about for the rest of this podcast is how do you put a game plan together? Because action's great. Action will get you results. But undirected, unfocused action will give you minimal results. Whereas if you work on, you know, really focused action that's working towards a goal, you see more results. So do you have any thoughts to share on creating a game plan before I get going on mine? Uh, yes, I think you won't be surprised to hear me say, get a calendar. I'm <laughs> but one of the things that I find before the resistance you might find and other people might have to the idea of a calendar it seems too structured because you don't know when something is going to happen. You don't know. And you're right. I don't know. So before my, I really use my calendar, I have notebooks that I collect ideas in either dotted grid notebooks. People use those for bullet journals or whatever. I, I like them because the nice little boxes, you can check off boxes and boy, I love that. Or just a, a little little uh, notepad, cheap one you get from the dollar store with the spiral on it. That's whatever works for your easy everyday carry. Have something like that and be collecting your ideas. That would be my, my number one thing. And I would say block off time in your week and take the time to brainstorm. One of the things I like to use is our calendar that I'm not, we have a family calendar that has like it's it's huge i don't know 20 20 by 14 or something a really big calendar and you tear off the page and then you have this huge sheet of blank paper like bigger than yeah probably bigger than a piece of full scap and i write down my ideas all over so basically what i'm doing is a, a really messy mind map I find that uh, clearing all of the brain clutter, throwing it all down on a piece of paper, 
I can then corral the different ideas because sometimes tasks that you can't do right away, they keep coming back, like renewing my license plate sticker. Um, (laughs) Kim and I were talking about this yesterday and it's funny because I should have had this done a, a month ago. But when you have ideas for things and you have to put them off because you can't act on them immediately either they get lost or your brain decides to be helpful and say reminding you remember that and you know when your brain does it when you're relaxed when you're lying in bed and you go thanks brain do i have a piece of paper to write down right now i do not can't forget it this time so your piece of paper and get your rough ideas out just splash them down on the page and make those mind maps that would be my tool for goal setting i'd also say scheduling this and not calling it a rest day brain work is real work i think i know that i sometimes fool myself and say well i'll do that on sunday when nobody is going to be calling me and asking me to do work stuff on sunday at that point my brain is not interested in doing work stuff so i think you need that time of rest yeah your head work and working there's working in your business and working on your business and this is working on your business and it is valuable and valid yes so take that time schedule that in during business hours rather than trying to squeeze it in somewhere you know it's funny you talk about that but some of my best ideas come when i'm in the shower I actually tend to, my shower time tends to be my kind of dream, imagination, think about things time. Uh, Sometimes same when I'm driving out on the back roads, right? And there's nobody around. Because it kind of flips your brain into, I I can do this without thinking mode. So there's times I've gotten out of the shower really quickly and I'm in a towel and I'm dripping wet and I got a piece of paper and I'm writing out stuff, right? (laughs) Because you got to get it out of your brain. Actually, I had a revelation yesterday or today. No, yep. Well, one of the days anyway. Uh, and, and I need to talk to you about it. So we'll, we'll talk about it later. And, and you know what, you guys will be hearing about this because this was a, a big clarity moment for me in just in terms of some of the core messaging. So you guys will hear about it a little bit later. So when you were talking about that, I think that's really good. And I think, you know, when we structure it down to your business, I think you, you need to still continue to have sales goals right through to the end of December 31st. And then you have to figure out how many people do you need to connect with to reach that goal and set out a time to, to do it. Now, sometimes that's hard because sometimes we don't have prospecting numbers. So that, that's an important concept. You need to understand your math in your business. And some of your math includes things like how many people do you have to talk to or prospect or connect with uh, to get a phone call where you can discuss your business? I was once told that you are going to have to ask your question uh, either seven times or nine times before you, you're going to hear the word no seven to nine times before you get a yes. And that's not always true depending on the prep work you've done before that phone call but here's the thing so you know you're making connections with people how many touch points have you had with that person before you've made the phone call you know are they listening in are they checking you out on social media are they connecting with you because there's a lot of things that can go on before that phone call happens to prep them 
right? So, you know, it's not always sometimes you're getting no seven to nine times, but you definitely should probably have seven to nine touch points with that person, whether it be, you know, they're on your email list, whether it be uh, you're connecting through social media, where you're just having general conversations, you know, like whatever those things are, you sh those should, things should be in place before you have that phone call. You know, a person should, before you go into the sales phone call, a person should have a somewhat sense of who you are and, and what you're doing and how you want to help them. There should be some relationship, some, some connection there, right? So these things are all need to be planned out into figuring out those numbers. You know, once you're having those appointment sales conversations, how many of those do you need to close the sales? Right. So just to cl clarify what I was saying, I was talking more about the prospecting point mm -hmm. and that's pre-qualifying your customer. Yes. You're talking about uh, qualifying them and then preparing them for being ready to purchase because often your clients need to be educated as to the benefits of yes. your product. Yeah. Good point. Good point. So the other thing you need to plan in is time to educate yourself and self-care. It's important to take care of yourself. Um, this last part of the year, you know, I've had some struggles going on. And it has been the wake-up call that my best friend and project manager has been telling me about for a while now. And we were putting things in place, but now we've sped it up. And so you need, you need those times as well. It can't always be go, go, go. There has to be balance. But you also need time to educate yourself because as you do, as you learn new things, as you learn new skills, as you learn from people who are further down the road in their entrepreneurial careers, it not only allows you to dream, it allows you to plan, but it also gives you the inner strength and the skills you need to be able to handle the growth. You know, an entrepreneur should always be learning and growing. You know, you, you should have a nice big library of books. You know, I've got a Kindle full of books that I am continually reading. I listen to the occasional podcasts. I have teachers that I follow. You know, I, I listen to things to grow my mind, to grow my skills, to grow my abilities as well. You know, sometimes I just read for fun. Not as much as I used to, but sometimes I still do. And I do things like I crochet. I didn't I crochet. That's my downtime. You know, I like the, the creative process of it. You know, there's certain television shows I like to watch. I don't watch hours and hours. Okay, I can't say that. I do have the occasional <laughs> day here. I do. There, there's a couple of shows my daughter and I really like. So we do have our occasional binge day, you know, where you watch like 10, 12 episodes in a day. Like we like watching all, entire half seasons or seasons, you know. But, you know, on a regular basis, I'm not, you know, I don't spend hours and hours a day just watching TV. I sometimes do things with TV on in the background because I like the background noise. But in terms of just sitting and doing it, it's not all the time for me. So we only got a few minutes left. So I just want to move to one more topic and then we're going to close this off and, and we'll start back up for episode two. When you're looking at becoming an authority, okay, there's three core competencies that you need to schedule into your plans. So, you know, it's communication, visibility, and relationships. And these are broken down into six key building blocks. So your marketing, your spoken, your written communication, your sales, your networking, your social media, and your media. 
And in the next episode, we're going to talk more about that. And we're going to talk about each of those areas and what you can do to end the year strong in each of those six areas to prepare you for a massive amount of growth in 2021. So do you have any, any final really quick thoughts for us there, my friend? <laughs> no, I wanted to ask you the difference between social media and media these days, because I've heard people say that print is a dead medium. Like, is anybody getting a newspaper anymore? So tell me the difference between that. So social media, obviously, are all those platforms and, and how do you use it to gain visibility? Media, on the other hand, is all the other things you do to get yourself out there so that you're moving from a one-to-one -one model in your business. So where you're talking to one person, you're converting one person, mm -hmm. to where you're doing an action once and it's going out to many people and you're seeing many results coming back to you. So media can be things like podcasting, your email list, you know, being on YouTube and doing videos being on television, radio, you know, anything you're doing, speaking on stages, you know, doing workshops, any of those things that get you doing something once and it's going out to more, more than one person at a time so that you can exponentially increase your results. That's media. All right. Well, we will close this up, but hopefully we've provided you a ton of value in this episode. So this has been Juanita Wooden-Radko and Kim Thompson-Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on the very next episode. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Author to Authority podcast. I have a free gift for you. I'd like to invite you to download a sample of my newest book, Author to Authority, coming out this year. If you enjoy the podcast, you will enjoy learning how becoming an author can change not only your life, but your business as well. Go to www.authortoauthority.com forward slash free dash sample. So that is www.authortoauthority.com forward slash free sample. Have a great day and stay safe.